Hey guys, Barney here. I just want to take a quick moment to talk about the program that brings The Big Top to life, Zencaster. I use Zencaster for all my recordings, and since taking over The Big Top fully, I have actually tried other systems, but I ended up sticking with Zencaster. It's so easy to use. You don't have to download anything, just log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. It records studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with guests, along with a full suite of professional tools that let you produce and publish all from one dashboard. Being a creator has genuinely never been easier. And I love that I can send a simple link to my guests and we can record over a video call wherever they are in the world. Also, if you're like me and cannot stand the sound of your voice, Zencaster's built-in post-production process makes such a difference. It automatically removes ums and ahs, awkward pauses, reduces background noise, and makes me sound so much better. Plus, the hobbyist and Creator Plus accounts are always free to use, and their professional accounts are free to try for 14 days, no credit card required. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BIGTOP, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. It's a gift for me to L. And welcome to the Big Top. I'm your host, Barney, and today I have the distinct pleasure of chatting with Space Pup Silver. Silver and I geek out over our mutual love of cartoons, goofy media, and horror films, as well as all the kooky kinks we cycle through. So much so that I've had to split this conversation into two episodes. Before we get started, I want to take a moment to talk about Fetish Week London. Recon continues to play a huge role in my kink journey, as I just did my first official paid gig as a fetish clown at the Recon Members Party. Kicking off Fetish Week with a bang, I had an absolute blast hyping people up as host clown, and the performances were absolutely astonishing. I saw a man staple things to his ass and then proceed to sound himself with a drill. My jaw was on the floor. We had an aerial artist fist themselves while upside down in a hoop. There were whips, ropes, a costume contest, and of course, Baby Lame emceeing, who just so happens to be the first drag artist I ever saw live, so it was really awesome to get to meet her properly. All in all, I have to say I was really impressed with everything and cannot wait for the rest of the week. If you're in London and looking for something fun to do, I highly suggest checking out the Fetish Week calendar on Recon and seeing what's available. I'll be host clown again for the Spit Roast Social, so feel free to come say hi and honk my nose. As always, your ratings and reviews are treasured to me and I much appreciate you taking the time to do them. It's one of the few ways to actually get the word out about the podcast. And also, I really, really want to hear your crazy, kooky, kinky stories. Please keep sending them to thebigtop.pod at gmail.com. That's thebigtop.pod at gmail.com. But other than that, today the circus remains in London. And I invite you to join me as we go under the big top. Hey, hi, hello. Uh, Welcome to the big top. Thank you for coming. Oh, my God. Thank you for being here. And also, if you need to burp, just do it straight into the mic, because that's just become a staple of the podcast, because I just burp all the time. But yeah, how are you today? I'm a zombie. I just got back from vacation for a week, and the vacation was lovely, but you know when you get back from vacation, you got you just got to have that day of doing nothing? Yeah. I mean, that's sort of every day for me. My When I think about, you know, like, my relationship with work and life, and it, it, there's a lot of, like, doing absolutely nothing, and refusing to to move my body so i definitely 
<laughs> I definitely know that feeling. How was uh, Fort? Uh, well, we were actually in Marseille, so Ew. we were just kind of like, ooh, the riot's going to come for us now. Fun! Did it? They didn't. No. Aww. I'm sorry. The news was um, dramatic with the headlines, but uh, we did get like five different um, global country alerts. You know when your phone pings? Oh, yeah. The it phones like, do that now. Yeah, but like it, they were just testing it, but they like tested it five times in one day. And they were just like, are you sure this is just a test? <laughs> Uh, I don't think so. But no, it was nice. But um, I'm very ready to um not have a vacation for a while now because I actually had two vacations in the past month. Vacay haul. Hey, I don't like. To me, that sounds great. I'm like, I can never have enough time off. Like, <laughs> I'm a workaholic. I don't like being away from my desk because, like, when I'm away from my desk, I'm just writing down ideas. Look, being busy is fine and great and and everything. And like, I like to keep busy. Otherwise, I go insane. Sure, sure, sure. However. I cannot stress enough how much I just enjoy laziness, doing nothing, taking a mental health day, uh, lots of elaborate wanks. Um, do you know what? If I get to be by a pool, I'll just be in that thing all day. I'm just a, uh, I just like to be alone. I like to sit at the bottom of the pool because it's quiet down there. <laughs> I did. I, it was a lovely pool vacation. I got to spend um, all week in various fongs, which was delightful because I've recently been really trying to push my own body confidence. Good. Fuck yeah. We love to see it. And I was like the only person on this gay vacation wearing a fong. So I felt like I was representing. Oh, it was a gay, gay vacay. A gay K. A gay K. Did you burn? Yes. Horribly. Fantastic. But it wasn't the burning that was the problem. It was the mosquito bites. You don't really think of France as having lots of mosquitoes, but we were like in the south of France. It's very countryside. Just mosquitoes Ew. everywhere. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know what it is about my blood, but clearly I have good blood because they like to. Um, they like to feast on me. Apparently, uh, mosquitoes don't. Um, mosquitoes really like sucking the blood of people who drink alcohol. Ah, ah, that'll do it. That'll be why then. My rampant, uh... actually, I've I've really toned down. The... I've really been enjoying lately getting a good night's sleep and like leaving when I'm done and just being like, nope, bye. I'm gonna hydrate and wake up at like a sensible time. You can all stay out and have fun. Well, on that, I've, this year specifically with events, I've given up entirely on a nightlife. I don't need it. I don't need it. I hate it. I don't like it. I hate it. I don't, I want to be in bed. I'm happy in bed. I've been awake all day. I don't want to be awake all night. Yeah, I want to be in bed. I want to be like clean. I want to be dry. I want to be hydrated. I want to wake up feeling not like I'm going to die. I mean, okay. so the hangovers have become horrible. Like this year I have been having a Karen. I've been having a BF all year. Yeah, having a BF? I'm having a BF. <laughs> a betch fat. Tell us about your betch fat. Uh, no, it's just, I've this year particularly everyone's very cranky because it's like the year after the year of COVID. Uh huh. It's like we we came out of COVID. Everyone wanted to do absolutely everything. This is the year after that where everyone's just like kind of really exhausted. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. That so is sort of where I'm at. So this year it's been very like picking and choosing what you actually want to spend your energy on. Yes. Although, do you know what? I really sort of entered the world of kink during the pandemic. So I still feel like I'm in this honeymoon period of really ramping everything up. I'm just like more, more, more. Go, go, go. And it took me a while to start actually going to events here. Like I was going abroad. I was doing things abroad. I don't know why it happened that way, but it happened that way. 
And so I didn't really know anything about the London scene. I hadn't been to Manchester until just now in MRM. I, like, I don't know what I was doing, but I kept being like, huh, there's like a whole world on my doorstep that I'm not engaging with. So now I'm really enjoying just kind of running around doing a lot of things. I guess this year I've become very anti-event myself. But that's good. I mean, like, I feel very excited about all these events. But I also know that there will come a time where I'm just going to be exhausted. And I don't ever want to feel like the... I, I think a lot of people feel pressure. Like, you need to show up at these things. You need people to see you, you need to interact, you need to do all, all these things that are very socially exhausting, very just generally exhausting, and oftentimes go on late at night or don't even start until late. You okay, don't have so to do any of that. I, I have a topic I want to talk about then, because this has been my BF of the year <laughs> with my anti-event feelings. Uh-huh. I don't like going to events lately for fetish because it doesn't have fetish for me. Okay, speak on it. So I'm planning on drawing some comics out about this subject because it's just been a real recurring thought in my brain lately on the topics of uh, what I'm dubbing fast fetish, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a version of fast food, but in a Mm -hmm. fetish context where it's all about how quick can you get your fetish fix for like the least amount of money slash time. Uh, Okay. Yes, okay. Which is kind of what events have become for me in this way of people want to dress up and they want to go to these things, but it's got nothing to do with my fetish at all. Uh-huh. So I just go, I'm exhausted, I don't want to be there because it's not about me enjoying my fetish. It's just about me being around people who supposedly enjoy the same stuff, but we don't really do the fetish while we're there. Yes. Okay, so I have a slightly different perspective, I guess, because I... For me, events are, a lot of these things are very social for me. So I really enjoy the hanging out. I'm not really there to play. I'm there just to kind of see everyone being themselves and dress as themselves. And like, so in that way, I I do enjoy like going and seeing people. However, my version of that is like MRM, just standing outside the pub and having a drink. And sort of milling about and not committing to any one thing. I put my head in um, Manx Bound and I was like, actually, that was fast fetish. That's exactly what it was. I looked in there and people were like, because my friend um, was saying, oh, I want to get tied up. And I looked in there and I was like, there's only, we got there kind of late. So there was only like an hour of it left. And I was like, you could go in there, pay to go in there and get time tied up. But it'd be so performative. Like, that's what it would be. It's like, I'm getting tied up now. You know what I mean? It's not like you're going in there and having a session. So I was just like, I don't need that. I'm going to go stand upstairs and drink and hang out at the bar. I actually completely disagree with what you just said. Because (laughs) (laughs) Manxbound is actually one of the few events I still go to because it fulfills fetish for me because it's a really rare event where people go there to do the fetish. Mm -hmm. It's social as well, but primarily people who go there go either to be tied or to tie other people up, which is such a rare thing. Down in London, you have the same thing with Gearbound. Mm -hmm. And those are such sacred events to me where they're really focusing on pushing the play aspect of it outside of dark rooms because most fetish events are just a dark room. Go and fuck, suck, piss it on each other. But very rarely bondage comes into it because bondage is quite a complicated thing to do. Well, it's just time consuming. Well, okay, this is the thing. We arrived late, so there was like an hour left. 
So I was like, you could just go in there, but like, you're not going to have the fun you want to have if we'd no, arrived with earlier. Manx, with Manxbound, that starts from 6.30 and goes on until like half 10, I think it is. So it's like four hours where people be social, they play around. Yeah. It's, it's really lovely. But that weekend was an awful weekend because oh. I go to it every other month. I do not go to it on event weekends because the beauty of a bondage event is when it has a um, focused audience, which goes there every month. Oh, but at an event weekend, it's the tourist dollars. It's us, right? It's the stragglers. It's me and my friends poking our heads and going, oh, I don't know. Yeah. People see that it's on, they're like, oh, well, I like that thing, so I'm going to go there. But totally. Yeah. Because they're then filling up the space and like absolutely filling it to tuna can levels. Yeah. You can't actually do any bondage in there because there's just too many people. That's the other thing. I don't like sardining. And so I much prefer just being able to sort of breathe. Um, and so when when any event is crowded, I'm kind of like, Ugh. do you know what I did love was locked? Because the guy hosting that was fucking hilarious. That was the only thing that I actually paid to get in for. Because I saw the spinning wheel, I saw the stocks, and uh, me and a few of my friends were all dressed as clowns. So it was just kind of perfect. And that was very interactive. And actually, I went away for a little bit and came back later on, and it had cleared out. It was super, super packed at first. And once it had cleared out and there was kind of room in there, I had a lot more fun. Just, you could actually chat to people. Locked is an event which I really do support, but I rarely go to it because it's one of the most popular events in Manchester these days. Yeah, it was super And because of that, it's always sardining. Yeah. And I, I get so anxious when yeah. I have no elbow room at all. Same. And also in rubber, man, like, I'm a sweater. It, it just... Being sardining in rubber is the worst because you're all the body heat is insane. You're all sweating an incredible amount, and then every person who walks by, you all kind of stick together, and it's just like, ugh. you know, like two two rubber things. They kind of pull you with them for a second, so everyone's kind of. It, it's just mm -hmm. very difficult. Well, right now the scene in Manchester has very much become like sardines all around yeah. because there's so many events on. So many people are moving here. The London scene is completely clearing out because obviously a lot of your venues are closing down. Yeah. Um, so Manchester is just getting very full. But a thing which is really irritating me in Manchester right now, which um, when I was running um, Ministry of Drones with my friends, the alternative fringe events for MRM, mm -hmm. we kind of made a agreement we were not going to use Eagle at all. Mm, okay. Because we're really sick of everything being an eagle mm -hmm. it's really fucking exhausting because i remember last year i went to the manchester level weekend yeah and it was basically 72 hours lockdown in eagle because there was no events anywhere else it was just in there every single night wow no other bar had been really organized for other events and it was just it was so boring because it's like Eagle has now become just this standard thing where people just assume you'll use Eagle. Oh. Uh, with our Ministry of Drone stuff, we went around and asked a bunch of different places, would you be interested in hosting this thing? All of them was frothing at the mouth with excitement about it. It's wow. because it because it's got to this point now where people don't even go and ask the other they don't venues. Other venues. See, because I... they see they see Eagle as this fetish friendly place, but it's like Canal Street is this really huge space in Manchester. Yeah. They all know what fetish is. It doesn't matter if the bar is doing rubber events every other weekend. It's as long as you pack out a space with those people, 
it becomes a safe space. I just loved being on Canal Street. That was like super, super cool. And I, I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about the Eagle going into it. I showed up and I was like, oh, it's the wing place. <laughs> and so I kind of got a like a, a big dose of uh, education while I was there. But yeah, although it is a bit hit and miss because there are some pla- like the the GAY. I was surprised to see a GAY. Oh, we don't go to GAY. Yeah, we, we don't. We don't. No, talk about I was like, why is this even here? Why are they still in business? <laughs> Frankly, I'm surprised they let anyone in. Yeah, quite right. Quite right. And the things you hear, like, ugh, anyway. Okay, I want to circle, I, I sort of want to rewind the gears because I want to talk to you about your journey into the world of fetish specifically and, like, how this all started for you because I feel like we've got a lot of similar things that affected... Well, a, lo- a lot of the things that affected my sexuality growing up were, were stuff like kids TV cartoons, that kind of thing. And so much of my sexuality now revolves around the slapstick cartoon physics. And now that I'm snowballing into, like, every other week it's it's something else, or I fall into something else, or I see something else that I'm like, oh, oh. And now I'm just amassing kinks at an alarming rate. And I have like theories about how a lot of this stuff kind of started for me, but I'm endlessly interested in it. So take me to like day one. How did this all start for you? Well, at, at this point, I am kind of the Rubik's Cube of fetishes. Mr. Omni King. I know, like when people, like I've described myself before as kind of like an anthropomorphic Rubik's Cube, just because in terms of how my kinks work, I do like dub it the kink of the day, because it's just like I become hyper-focused on different things on at different moments. Uh, I don't know how other people really like focus on just one kink all the time. Yeah, I don't get that. Well, no, I have my core stuff, but I do get hooked on. Like right now, I'm really into like plushy teddy bear. I just want to be trapped in Have you seen the Arcanine bitch suits going around? Yeah, I have. I ordered one. Have you really? (gasps) With the stubby arms? Yeah. (gasps) (laughs) Oh my God. I really, really, really want to be stuffed into one of those. How tall are you? Uh, six foot. You might, you might. We can fold me. I'm, I'm um, foldable. Oh, uh, I had to send off, well, my partner had to tape me up in bitch suit position. Mm-hmm. And then we had to send off the cocoon to the maker. Because <gasps> it's like custom fit That's for so my cool. body. That's so cool. A custom, oh. I really, really want to try being just, just stuffed in it. And like, I think I would quite enjoy being... I don't know, plugged, gagged, padded. You're just there. You're just there. There's nothing you can do and you're staying there for a long time. Well, that's the thing with bitch suits. It's not a independent kink. It requires someone else to put you in it. Yeah. It's one of my favorite bondage things right now, just because it's that complete degradation of a human-sized shaped thing turned into a four-legged thing. Just... Well, see, I like the toyification. I like the toy time. I like the idea that I'm a teddy and I'm going to be used. Like, I'm going to be paraded around or put on display or stuffed into a box or humped or, you know, fucked or or whatever. You know what I mean? Did you ever see the photo video set of Compi in the bear suit? No. Oh my god, I know exactly where to find this. I'm going to give it to you. Well, okay, I've got some. There was a porn that there's so few things in porn. So I, I, I could if if we fucking get into clown porn, I can really rant about it because there's so little available. But out of all of the stuff, it, again, all of this stuff like you can't fucking find it anymore. But there was a series called Plushy Schwarz, and basically it was this guy. He had a like plush suit. 
with a huge teddy bear head that had like big googly eyes and a big tongue. And his whole, the whole thing was this character, this teddy bear character was like a drunk who was just doing all these silly stuff. And it was oftentimes Corey Coons, who I just fucking admired because he also starred in like one of the only clown porns that existed that got taken down from Treasure Island Media. And I emailed them to petition for them to put it back on and they did. (laughs) Anyway, he uh, like would fuck the teddy bear or the teddy bear would fuck him. And I, I just thought like there was so many fun. There was one where he fucked like a, um, a plush suit person who was like a squid on the beach. It was just so cartoony and silly and it had like funny music. That. It was amazing. Okay. I'm just going to look at this thing you sent me. <gasps> oh, do you want a moment? Okay. The only thing that I cannot get on board with is the wand. I, I just, I am so like, my body is so insensitive that wands just do nothing for me. And it's such a shame because every time someone brings it out, I'm like, yeah, it's not. And they're like, oh. I draw a lot of wands into my work because it's just kind of like the visual of vibrating and like, I love doing the, yeah. But I don't use them myself on myself. I use them on other people, but like, I really just like stroking. Yeah, I use them on other people. I tried it on myself. I remember the first time thinking, oh, this is going to feel like something. And it just didn't. And then I require an enormous amount of friction and it has to be like a whole thing. So that oh, it takes me forever to come. Oh my God, and it's like same. not even it's not even worth it. I don't come that much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I do. I just invest so much time in it. I just I've gone six hours just to get myself to come. I think that's the longest it ever took me. Six hours. I'm like constantly wanking anyway. It's kind of part of my job. <laughs> like Tom Finland once said this um thing of if his dick's not hard, then he's just not interested. Yeah. Like when he was drawing stuff and it's like, it's the same thing. Unless I'm excited about what I'm drawing, it's not going to be a good piece. Same. Although I don't know what it is. I really enjoy bringing people's fantasies to life. A lot of time people commission me for stuff that I'm like, okay, that's not for me, but I'll do it. But then I'm such a little, um, I don't know. I love being corrupted. And so as I'm drawing it, I'm, it's something that I like, or, or there are things I like about it. And then I come away from it being like, has this awakened something in me? In ter- like in terms of talking about commissions, I rarely actually get commissioned to do interesting kink stuff. See, I think my whole you come to me for the weird stuff no but you know I, what I mean? a, it's a case of because i pump out so much various fetish stuff mm-hmm. people just want pictures of themselves when they hire me because yeah. they enjoy that i'm putting so much stuff out anyway if you look at my social media i it's rarely act, I, but i rarely actually post commission work dude i don't want to yeah fair enough i mean i i i don't know i really like doing it because i think you know i grew up thinking i was the weirdest person in the world so i like when people are like Hey, look, I really want to be an inflated rubbery frog with huge tits and a massive dick. Could you and I'm like, I know great. Exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man, like totally. Oh my god, I have to tell you the story of how I met him another time because that was fucking hilarious. But yeah, like I, I, I don't know. I love doing that. You draw so like just constantly. I get burnt out. Like, I'll take a few commissions and then be like, I, I, I don't want to look at my iPad for a on while. On average, I draw between four and 12 things a day. You, That's insane. It doesn't mean that I finish everything, but that's generally how many pieces I can just See, if I out. don't finish it, I never do. No, no, I've it's got so about like 60 sketchbooks of just stuff just there, which like I drew in the moment. I'm just like, eh, no, I don't feel like it anymore. Yeah, that frustrates me because I'm such a completionist. When I, when I, I used to be like that, but really? it just gets to the point where you're making so much stuff 
It's like, as long as it's sketched out, like you've achieved kind of what you wanted to do. Yeah, true. There is a point where it's like, I've drawn the thing. Sometimes I'll draw the thing and be like, oh, I'm really horny. And then once that's over, I'm like, I could sit here and finish this. Like, I could shade this thing, but it's but like it's specifically, specifically for me, I usually have about a thousand drawings finished and just to the side. Oh. So I can those things whenever I want. I I, find that so it doesn't mean that I ever do. There's so much stuff there, which is like four years old and it's just not seen the light of day. Do you schedule your posts? Because nope. you're drawing, oh, that's insane. You post so much. Yeah. Oy vey. It's because, so back to the whole fast fetish topic I brought up earlier. Because uh-huh. it's kind of all related to how I'm feeling lately. Yeah. I'm really fucking tired of OnlyFans. Just okay. like subscription services in general. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm very irritated with how it has directed the public consciousness about what fetish is for. Mm-hmm. Because obviously we live in a very exhibitionist time. Yeah. Everyone kind of dresses up because they want attention. They want to be seen. They want to be the most popular thing ever. And it's poisoned fetish for me. Because now it's kind of just about that. It's this um, YouTube element of you got to keep doing the bigger thing and you can't just relax and enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. There's this whole mindscape about it lately, which has just really been irritating me. But OnlyFans, just for fans, all of these things, it's really pushed fetish in a place which I don't like it to be, where it's become content creating. Yeah. Oh, which I hate as a phrase. Because uh, yes, I... <laughs> I'm going to draw a comic actually about this whole thing because I really want to get my ideas visually down. Mm -hmm. But when someone says, do you want to make content? Because I see it all over my Twitter. People are being like, oh, I'm going to be in Manchester. Do you want to collaborate? No, 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 I can't with that. When you say, do you want to make content? To me, what I hear is, do you want to join me in making profit out of this thing? Yeah, but it's also like, we're not having fun. Yeah, but as well as, media. That, as well as saying like, do you want to make profit? To me, it also says, if I wasn't making profit out of this, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. be doing it. Well, even like, then, yeah, I wouldn't be doing it if there wasn't something to gain and we're staging it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I know that that's not fun. I know that making it look good for the camera totally takes me out of it that's not fun yeah i'm not in the yeah. anyway back to back to the i'm looping around i'm looping around do it, so do it. when people are really focused You're on this infinity whole symbol. <laughs> when people are really focused on this content creating and they're saying things on their twitter like oh what do you guys want to see it oh completely I... disconnects me from them because yes. it's like they're not doing what they want to do yes Totally. Okay. I I don't like to, because, you know, people jump on trends and, you know, get interested in this kind of stuff and whatever. I'm not begrudging or anyone or trying to besmirch people who do those kinds of things on Twitter. But every time I see that question, it really makes me think, what are, the, what, what are you doing this for? Because why should that affect what you want to put out in the world? And the only reason... I, I'm even on social media. I don't like social media. The only reason I'm on it is to put the things that I want in the world out in the world more to like normalize them. So yeah, with that in mind, the reason I don't schedule my posts is because my social media is a live feed of me. Yeah. It's a diary. When I feel like, okay, today I'm going to be really into human skin suits. Mm. Have I got anything in the folder? Oh, look at that. I'll post yeah. that. Maybe someone wants to talk about it. See, but you also have a good, um, like you, you are posting just like that, which is something that 
like I said, I don't like social media. It, that to me is very stressful. And so the few times that I've tried to post stuff consistently, it has completely derailed my <laughs> mental health. I just, I, I, my brain can't think like that. I can, I can do a bunch of stuff at once, hyper fixate on it, totally focus on it, make a bunch of media, and then it would need to be scheduled because I, I could not maintain it. It's too stressful to me. Oh yeah, no, I'm very blessed in my work ethic and speed that I work at. <laughs> yeah. I'm very blessed. I'm metronome but... between fucking like nothing, lazy, like close the curtains, don't talk to anyone, and then being like, I need to do everything that it's ever gonna remain my mark on this world. This is all my life's work in this one month. Go. <laughs> but the reason I post so sporadically and so much stuff is because I really trained myself out of this algorithm brain that everyone has. Yeah. Where they're like, okay, I Gross. need if I only post one thing today, that will get the most interactions. No, fuck that shit. Fuck if you want to talk about something, just talk about it. I post like eight to twelve things a day. Like yeah. they're not all posts. Like they're not all um artwork or anything. Sometimes it's like I'm just feeling like this. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. I don't care if everyone interacts of every single post but it's just like I feel this way so I'm going to post this this is my social media fuck algorithm well because that algorithm is also not designed for you it's designed for, for the people who own the platform to profit so it's got nothing to do with your output and you can ride that wave uh, you know and become successful that way that's fine whatever but especially for something like kink I mean you can say this about you know art in general but especially for something like kink which is so niche so underrepresented so like derided so difficult to actually stay afloat on any of these platforms that like to shut us down. It's like, ugh, just, I, I want to actively reject that whole notion, that algorithmness of it. Blech. How did you even, like, okay, hang on. You didn't answer my question. No, I didn't because I can't answer that question. It just happened? <laughs> How did I start with kink? I don't know. It does just happen because um, I actually only started kink after university. Of like, I'm actually very jealous of people who have like worked out what kink is when they're like 16 and even oh, really? younger than that. I was into fetishes yeah. when I was that young as well. Yeah. I never actively pursued it. But mm -hmm. again, this kind of links into the whole topic I was saying about how kink has become very exhibitionist in the age of social social media, yeah. where it's no longer about you just enjoying your thing, it's got to be about you going out to enjoy it publicly with other people, which, again, really exhausting. Well, it is interesting, though, that social media has meant, I mean, there's so many people who have said, people on this podcast who've come on and said, like, yeah, I, I wasn't interested in anything until I saw this. Like, I've got a friend who I'm fucking shocked and really impressed. He is so kinky in all the most fabulous ways and picks them up, picks them up, picks them up. And he was like, yeah, I never even really considered it until, yeah, after uni or, or thereabouts. Yeah, I'm really jealous of people who have, like, worked out what they're into so young, because, like, it's just it's just crazy, because now they, they get to be young and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, but whatever, I mean, you're wasted on that. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I was like that, but I was too scared to actually go and meet anyone. So I didn't do Okay, well, I, I say that. There was a social media that I was on when I was, like, 18, and maybe even 16. Was it Experience Project? I don't know what that is. Okay, that was like a super old one. Is the only way that I could find the clown? No, kingsters. um, my main three websites growing up were Choose Your Own Change. Okay, cool. Which uh used to be fabulous because it had so many fan fictions on yes, there. But yeah. then about seven years ago, they had to have a mass delete of like everything that oh. was considered fanfic because um. 
They were getting a lot of uh, very questionable Googles heading their way. Yeah. So on and so on. But yeah. oh my god, it was a fabulous place because that was entirely based on transformation kinks and just the kookiest shit. I remember so much Harry Potter porn on there. Ugh. Whoa. I. I mean, I only really went there. A f- few times i think there was one or two clan things okay what were the other two sites you were on uh yahoo groups wow okay that is old iconic (laughs) place like i really do mourn it every day that it's gone time really well it was old forum websites but like a bit more modern than old old forum yeah but it was just these great great communities which were hyper obsessed with these things it was kind of like proto reddit yes it was proto reddit yahoo groups was like um yeah, no, Reddit, actually, that's the best way to put it. But I remember there was a clan fetish one, and I didn't find it until it was already shut down. Mm-hmm. But um, Yahoo Groups, I went to for a lot of body swap content. Mm. Oh, I said the C word. <gasps> You're a content creator now. <laughs> You're shackled to the algorithm, man. Red pill, red uh... pill. <laughs> But no, there were these. There was this great set called the Male Body Transformation Archive, and there was like eight of them because they kept um filling up all their space because it was very much the era of caption art, mm-hmm. where you'd get a photo and you'd put a little story next to it. So cute. And I really mourn Yahoo Groups because when they deleted it, obviously all that stuff was gone, just deleted, gone forever. And so annoying. Because um, it's one of those things you have to log into. It means that the web archive didn't log any of it. I I sometimes use the web archive to try and find the only clown porn that ever existed and all of it was erased from the internet. I, I don't know. There's this weird conspiracy against fucking male clown porn. I don't, I don't know. I could literally talk about it forever, but I will refrain. Oh, well, let's definitely come back to that subject because the straight versus gay thing, I want to get into. Oh, dude. I, I, okay, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. Like, I'm heated. No, no, no. I got I to gotta tell okay. you my final Yeah, tell, tell me the third one. TF Spot. Okay. I don't know this which one. Which was this little transformation social media site, a bit like Grommer. You know, the gain of immunity, but for transformation. Yes. And, oh, it was, it was just fabulous. It was just, again, kind of like um, a miniature Facebook, <laughs> where people would post manipulated art, and they would just talk about kink, they would um, have little private conversations, and that's very much where I set up base. My original username on there was Pirate. Oh. And that's why I'm called Silver now, actually. Oh. Because uh, the guy who got me into fetish, Diesel, he's a giant British pub or something similar to that on Twitter. I can never remember his name, like his username, because he's changed it a few times. Uh-huh. But, oh, he's this massive muscle dog. He uh, He's done photo shoots with... Um... Black style before. If I showed you a photo of him, you would know who he is. I think I know. Who, but there's so many diesels that I'm like, I think I know who you're talking about. But uh, he got a lot of people into pup play. But I remember I did my very first pup scene with him. Oh. Which was just lovely. One of my um, golden memories. Aww. But you yeah, know, my name is Silver because my name on that website was Pirate. So Long John Silver. Uh huh. Like a butt. I was thinking Long John Silver, but I was like, why Pirate? Like a butt pirate? No, Pirate was because of my body swap kink because it was the whole idea of stealing. Oh, that's clever. That's far more clever than what I was thinking. I just like dumb costumes, so I think it's really cute when people wear like Halloween pirate costumes and stuff like that. I just like I'm starting up. to see a lot more um, cowboys in the leather community, which is making me very happy. Yes, I d- suddenly developed a cowboy fetish. Ugh, look, I, that's a sentence I could say over and over again for literally everything. But okay, what were the things though that like really sparked the whole? What was sort of the first? media that you really were like oh oh was it transformation that was kind of the first like transformation has always definitely been a huge thing for me um do you have a main kink transformation probably is the main kink because it's always about things turning into other things Uh um i can name a few different shows which i consider kind of like my core fetish moments where things grew out of it 
uh-huh. whenever I think about like where my story began. <laughs> yeah, such as. Obviously, everyone who has a transformation kick is going to say totally spies. Oh, okay. Really? Yes, there was so much transformation in that. Really? Okay. Ridiculous amounts. I saw a chart recently on Twitter which explained the fetish which is in every single episode. It was a fabulous chart. I'll have to send it to you. It was great. <laughs> okay, so Totally Spies, I remember they had a they had a recurring like villain who was a mime who was obsessed they with did. turning people yes. into mimes. I can't remember what like, his name mindless. is, but I've seen the, all the clown transformation from that. Well, right. So there was it was mimes and I was kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. And but the uh, definitely the drone thing as well of like they're controlling the mime people but then there was one episode where it was a clown instead of a mime turning people into clowns and that i do recall i also recall dexter's lab there was a whole oh yeah gets... no i i did a clown episode on my podcast fetish fuel and <laughs> so we... to plug the uh, fetish fuel podcast yes with of course with rubbo uh and we did talk about that because i remember that episode so vividly of the um, clown saying the joke, the you clown. know, yeah. why was six afraid of seven? Uh-huh. Yeah, there's something about the kind of nefariousness of it as well, like him not being able to hold back being turned oh, into Oh yeah, a no, whenever I talk Ugh. about transformation as a kink, I always say one of my favorite tropes, because if you want another um, website that I'm horny for, TV tropes. Mm. Oh, I love TV tropes. Honestly, block me out of Xtube and just give me TV tropes. Well, I mean, I like I like the site. Hang on, what what do you mean you're horny for? <laughs> I can spend hours on there just clicking through <laughs> to new names because I fucking love when I find out that there's a name for something. Okay, okay. Because when See, I find I'm... out this whole kink is like this is the uh, this is the umbrella term for this thing. Oh, I love it. Okay, mm. I like that. There's a, that just I don't know recovered memory made me think of um there was an episode of Thundercats. I never I watched Thundercats, but please go ahead. No, neither did I, but I, because I, basically all of these things were things that were just on TV when I was a kid. So I, I didn't, but as an adult, I've managed to track them all down. So I tracked this down. And a lot of these things actually kind of traumatized me, which is another thing I want to get into. Like a lot of these things actually freaked me the fuck out as a kid. And then the like, fearing and kink are so like kind of closely connected because a lot of the things that I didn't understand what you know what was happening and it kind of weirded me out because I couldn't stop thinking about it eventually that turned into something that I actually got off on so I think that's kind of what happened with clowns maybe I don't know all I knew is the first thing I ever jerked off to was clowns and that was that but the Thundercats thing I think it's the first episode whatever one of them gets forced into like a um, like a tube, like a pod. I love a like pod. A, it's like a, I love a good pod. But it's like a transformation one. So they were like deciding who's going in the thing. And one of them like pushes the other one in kind of playfully. And they're like, no, let me out. And I just remember being kind of freaked out by that idea of like, they're not consenting to this thing. This person is doing this thing to them that they don't want to happen and is ignoring their street you know, sharks kind of laughing. the same way. Huh? Street sharks starts the same street way. Street sharks. Show your Tubes. age. Tubes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's something about that like kind of upset me and freaked me out. But then I now that's become a huge thing that I really love this like ha ha you know, I'm doing this thing to you. Okay, well, I'm, I'm trying to think. There are the big ones like Pinocchio, obviously, Pleasure Island. That was, again, kind of horrifying to me when watching them being turned into donkeys, but also, like, love that. It is love, shocking love just how many people who are, who are horny for that. Because I, I know a lot, because obviously I really like donkey stuff. But yeah. the amount of people who are just like, oh my God, that's so hot, or 
Like yeah. that's real scary, but it's just like it's this very um same as Willy universal Wonka. cultural moment that yes. everyone has an opinion on. There's a few, and 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 I think it's because these early Disney things and and other stuff was like it really it just struck a nerve, it struck a chord, and whether that was kind of like oh I don't know about that or that's it's whatever it sticks with you, I think often kind of becomes a fetish for a lot of people. Definitely Pleasure Island. I have a whole Geppetto fantasy that I really like this idea that I like stumble upon Geppetto's workshop and I find his puppets who are like guys that he's transformed and one of them's a donkey and one of them's a puppet with a big nose and I don't know, maybe one of them's a baby or whatever. And then he finds me and it's now my turn and I get turned into the puppet clown and Mm -hmm. I get like rented out and used by whoever wants to play with a funny puppet or you know i'm just now this thing that's my whole like toy toyification thing i really want to do a scene with like lines on all the joints name signs i'm planning on doing that soon anyway just because the barbie movie is coming i gotta cash in i gotta oh my cash God. in i did see one porn like that actually i think it was johnny rapid I, I was like whatever the the toyification thing though was really hot to me and i really like the idea of being like stuck that way like internally screaming but not being able to oh react. yeah no um when i um talk with hypnotists about Love. their favorite scenes they've done they always talk about how much they enjoy the posability of a subject yes yes pose me and then do something to me and then i like the idea of like wake me up as you're forcing me to come or, or, or something or you're inside me or, or you're, you've humiliated me or just, just something extreme that then my rational mind and I can react and I go, oh my God, no. And they're like, haha, you're horrified. Back under you go. You know what I mean? Well, there is a trope which I really like with that because I've got a name for it. It's called the glass cage. Okay. The glass cage is where your mind is actually fully aware of what is going on but your body is not responding to your brain. Huh. So in terms of the idea of you being a frozen puppet, you would be fully aware the whole time and just trapped, unable to do anything. So absolute horror. But like, there's also that element with hypnosis where your subconscious mind is driving your body to the hypnotist's will, while your conscious mind is like aware of what's going on and just can't do anything about it. See, I love... <sighs> there's something about this horror thing that really i don't know why these go together like again like pinocchio willy wonka freaked me out but then umpa lumpas the forced blueberry inflation it, oh do you know what else jumanji when he starts turning into a monkey oh yeah i was like that's kind of horrifying but also the cartoon was not great i want no the cartoon sucked but the and he kept being turned into stuff and it was like okay whatever but but when he gets turned into a monkey in the film i remember being like oh my god i want to get turned into a monkey there's not enough monkey stuff out there. There's not enough monkey stuff. I've been Everyone saying this. Everyone wants like, to be a dog, but where are the monkeys? Well, donkeys I'm so horny. are kind of... <laughs> I am so horny. Just, I'm horny. <laughs> no, but I'm... Okay, we get it. You're horny. Jeez. I really like the little organ monkey hat that Me too. Abu wears in Abu hat, Aladdin. Yes. And that's just like what I associate with organ monkeys in general, because there's that whole hypnosis connection of being hypnotized organ monkey just dancing to the music oh. yes with symbols and a tail I'm, and big ears i once had a big tail i don't know what oh. happened to it okay but, you um... do it though with the bellboy uniform which i love that's i don't know there's something really hot about that to me because it's also like we're employing you because you're a dumb monkey who can't say no do you know what i mean we can make you do stuff because we've taken your brain away and you're just this it's just goofy... one of it's just one of those really big tropes that you see and just like yeah you don't see it enough where are the monkeys right uh, where are the monkey boys because honestly donkeys have taken off everyone's into donkey play now 
where are the fucking monkeys? I love, oh, do you know in, um, what's that song? You and me, baby, we're nothing but mammals. You know that one? Oh, yeah. In the music video, they were wearing monkey suits. Oh, yeah. With big ears. And they weren't like, acting oh. like monkeys. They were. No, they weren't. They weren't acting enough like monkeys. Oh, okay. Why were they not throwing shit? <laughs> they were, they were like picking each other's ears and like jumping around and yeah, I, I, I want more. There was, um, like, oh. did, no, but, um, on the monkey thing. Yeah. There's that, there's also that trope where you're sometimes on an alien planet and humans <gasps> are yes. in like zoo enclosures. Love that. Vivarium. Like acting like monkeys. Oh, yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. There was another monkey. Oh, um, Scooby-Doo. The original Scooby-Doo, the one with the ghost clown, which obviously very much affected me, and he's going around hypnotizing everybody. In the end, they hypnotize him to act like a monkey. Yes, I remember that. There's also um, was an episode with a monkey suit as well, because a guy was messaging me recently mad horny for that episode specifically, because in that episode, at the end, Shaggy is wearing a Scooby mask, which he pulls off, and then Scooby kind of pulls off his mask to reveal the monkey mask and then takes off again to reveal that he's actually scooby still like i I really like masks masks are hot (laughs) i don't like horror clowns but i i really liked the ghost clown's outfit and and the idea that well it's because it wasn't a horror clown it was just an evil well his makeup was a little bit but yeah yeah Yeah, he was just a mean clown which i love the other year we had that whole phase of everyone being scary clowns going so stupid but like the 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 mean sadistic i like that and I like that hypnotizing thing. I think that's very much why I'm interested in clowns right now in this moment. Just mm-hmm. because I'm loving this weird revival of clowns in a sexual context. <laughs> but no, because we've had... The, it is that thing where we've all been trained to be like, clowns are scary. Everyone's yeah. scared of clowns. And now seeing clowns in this weird sexual way, it's so delightful. Right, and it's very, being twisted. very Western. Because if you go to South America... Clowns have always been sexy and like pop culture icon, you know, like they, they have pop groups who dress as clowns and stuff. I like did that. not know this. Dude, I, okay, you need to, I, I send you things. Los Guapayasos, their whole thing is they're like muscly dudes who strip. And it's weird because they actually started out as like kids' music, like, but they all dressed as clowns. Then they transitioned into the adult market and now they're all strippers. And now it's I just very weird to go f- between those two markets. Very, very weird. But they're like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're basically just strippers with glued on noses and a little bit of makeup. But there's also um, the Payasos LA who uh, are a charity, but they their whole thing is they're sort of like burly dudes who, who do clown makeup. Yeah, and like loads of clown fetishists in South America. Loads. So many. Scooby-Doo also had um, a puppet thing. Zombie Island, the voodoo dolls. Oh, yeah, no, I've drawn that before because I love that idea. There's going to be a lot of back and forth in this conversation as we go back to other uh-huh. points. But um, on the non-consent thing, it is this thing right now where it's become so taboo to draw or write things where someone doesn't want it to happen. And people what like properly attack that? you for it. Being yeah, like, oh my God, that? did that person consent? It's like, it's a fucking fantasy. It's a cartoon. And then I've seen people be like, well, if your fantasy is based in this room. And I'm like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Now we're policing where people's fantasies originate from. Like, yeah, in reality, that's a terrible thing. That's why in our heads, we we build a safe way to enact these things. Yeah, that's what like, fetish that's is. What <laughs> fetish is, that's what kink is. It's safe, it's play, and you can do taboo things. The idea is not that you're getting off on the actual reality of it. And I've really, really gotten into like non-consensual stuff. And it's actually been a big part of my kinks from the get-go that I didn't really explore but i i love being like
like a victim. And obviously when we play, there are safety parameters in place. This is like, and when we do fantasy, you draw sex cartoons. Okay, like I also draw sex cartoons, but you draw like cartoon cartoons. It's ridiculous. People take them really seriously. Like, um, just yesterday, for example, I posted a video of me in some pony hooves. I loved that. And um, a guy messaged me on Instagram saying, oh, are those comfortable to walk in? And I said, no, they're really painful. And yeah. they said, oh, well, why are you wearing them then? And I said, because I'm into BDSM. And they're like, oh, well, I could never be into that. And it's like, do you even know what BDSM stands for? No, they don't. But it, it has become this thing now where because of the censorship in place, like, for example, I was kicked off Patreon because of me drawing non-consensual fetishes. This is so ridiculous. It's like and a it was silly like, it's a, cartoon. It's a sex cartoon. It's, it's a, a sex cartoon for adults. I'm not doing anything wrong here. Yeah, It's, it's so a cartoon. <laughs> anyway, so it's that thing though where people are now being trained in their brains to be like, oh my god, that is bad because the internet told me it's bad. Well, it's moral panic. It's moralizing yeah. and it's just ugh, so stupid. So on the pony hooves though, them being like, oh my god, why would you want to be in pain? Bondage, domination, Sado, masochism. There are different kinds of pain as well. Not all pain is physical. Emotional pain. Yeah. Psychological, psychological pain. Fucking um, love psychological pain. Fucking love it. Like, and that's that sounds like a really weird thing to say, but of course, I don't mean actual psychological pain. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, as in, I love playing that. I love acting it out. I love experiencing a taste of it in a safe way. Look, I've got enough psychological trauma for yeah, it's not an, It's not an abusive relationship when right, you're exactly. doing this. Yeah, so like even, okay, so even even me, like I, I've got a friend who's into very, very, very deep, uh, he's in a master-slave relationship and, and he's into very, very, very extreme, very intense. It's sometimes I really have to just be like, oh gosh so intense the 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 level of of stuff and, and and he loves the mental domination so he mm -hmm. loves not knowing what he's doing that day being bamboozled and confused all the time and being brutally like really beaten like brutalized permanent marks well that was the original bdsm you know I mean? as well corporal right. punishment but of course this is a relationship where they yeah they are also in a, a a very loving relationship and like these are the parameters they agreed and this is what they enjoy not enough people understand that the sub ultimately is the one who has the power to stop what's going on. The dom is meeting the sub's needs. If the sub's needs are complete and utter brutal domination, physical, psychological, then that is what they have agreed. If that was genuinely non-consensual or manipulative, that is abuse. And there is a big distinction. The fact that it seems in pop culture these waters are being muddied for people is very... I don't even want to say distressing because it's not distressing. It doesn't fucking... Moral panic never fucking achieved anything. But like, it's just frustrating. It's difficult. It's annoying. It's every time we get on a platform and we try to educate and explain and we get shut down and our voices aren't heard and our con content fuck, <laughs> gets removed, the world becomes a more dangerous place. It's really <sighs> irritating. Yeah. Um, uh, so um, I really fucking love Total Power Exchange. Yeah. That's a kink I adore seeing. I don't think I would be able to do it. Love it. Myself. Just because I'm a kooky little cat. <laughs> meow, meow. Uh, <laughs> I'm a kooky little cat. <laughs> I can't commit to being a dom or a slave in any way because I'm just, I'm, I'm all over the place when I play. I don't know why that tickled me so much, but I think it was you doing the little pause that people can't see as well. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, I also those th those those roles are also things that are made up, like everything. You know, I I want to talk about TPE 
in terms of uh, exhibitionism because uh-huh. most people who actually do partake in TPE don't post it online because TPE is fucking insane. Yes. Like when you genuinely get involved in it, you give financial control over to your master. Yeah. You are like letting them decide your scheduling. Just every little part of your life is going through their approval. It's insane to a average person to see it. Yeah. I fucking love when I come across um, Total Power Exchange couples who share bits of their life online because I'm just like, you're such an inspiration that you have found this person for you to achieve this with. Mm -hmm. Because finding those people is so difficult. like finding someone you can just really click with in that way well and negotiating those relationships is Mm -hmm. difficult enough never mind it's hard to find people because no one talks about it but then you see people attack them being like oh my god why are you doing this this is all wrong it's like it's not your fucking relationship yeah it's not your business and it's that just it's the thing of the internet feeling like they can look in your window and then jump in your window of your house and tell you how you should be living your life yeah it's like um, that meme of you know oh you're both consenting well you forgot to ask me it's like oh my god you're not in this relationship. I am really pissed off with that um, rhetoric every Pride season, you know, where they're like, oh my god, did you even ask those people around you if they're consenting to see you wearing all that? And it's like, like who are you talking not... to, dude? Yeah, that's not consent. Like, why are you pissed off on their behalf? <laughs> we're all allowed to be in public the way that we want to be. You can turn away from something that is not for you. That is not a situation where consent is required. Consent is required is when you're involved in something. But specifically on the subject of pride, it's like, that's a safe space for people to be doing that. Yes, if you don't want to see it, don't go for. to pride. Don't go to pride if you don't want to see people like... It's called pride. Yeah. just These people are proud. Yeah, like, and for this reason, because people like you are telling us not to be. If you want to come uh, back for shame, come on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> come on every other fucking day of the year. Oh, you said something that I really... Ah! That I wanted to circle back to. Oh, a TPE, 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 TPE. It was... Oh, 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 that was it. Yeah, people being like, oh, this is bad. And it's like, no, this was agreed. Like, this is something they've talked about. This is something they've discussed. This is something they wanted. It's not your place to say... Like, if the person you're talking to in isn't aware of what's happening or is in danger or is struggling or wants out. Those are all situations where you should be concerned. Where somebody says, oh, I remembered what it was. Where somebody says, this is my relationship and this is what I want it to look like. Not only is that none of your business, I think it's often fucking safer because you've discussed at length your limits, your boundaries, your safe words. You're just used to communicating your emotions and your feelings back and forth a lot better, checking in. All of these things are things that go into that. It's very intense. It's a very intense relationship setup. Way safer than a lot of people I know who casually are in relationships with people and then discover things about them that are very unhealthy or abusive. And it's like, that's actually a situation where that is not gonna happen. People who are in TPE relationships, basically what I'm saying is, it tends to be a much more heavily discussed thing, which is like only gonna make your relationship safer. Um, I wanna eventually circle back to the trauma thing, but I just remembered another one of the Disney groups was Dumbo. You and your fucking clown. They make him a clown, which I was also kind of like, you can be forced to be a clown. Then they make him do the clown thing, which is like humiliating. And then the clowns were also fucking sadistic. And they seemed to be these otherworldly kind of creatures. And when they're in the tent and like they're all celebrating and it's just silhouettes. I remember that being really creepy. I I don't know what Disney was doing, but they were out to traumatize kids for a while. But that to me was like, it interested me in what these things are. And then there were other, I mean. Honestly though, it's also 
It's also the power of 2D animation. Yes, cartoon physics, man. 2D animation, because it's such a stylistic thing. I'm not saying that all CG animation looks the same, but there's this flavoured 2D animation that has such a personality that it really digs deep into your brain and you remember what that looked like. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like The Simpsons. Where CG can kind of blur. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, The Simpsons is like very simple block colour and, and actually, I mean, Krusty the Clown, Homer going to clown college, all that kind of thing. There was actually an episode where Marge, Krusty puts makeup on Marge that she can't take off. I, I just, all of that kind of stuff, it's so seared into my brain as a picture. It's a colorful picture. I think stuff like that, cartoons, yeah, you're right. Like, it really, really clings. Ooh, um, back to media as well. Just because yeah. um, one came to my mind with you talking about clowns. Yeah. Um, and the circus. Uh, of course, there's that whole phrase of like, let's run away and join the circus. Yeah. Which we've all heard. But um, have you ever seen uh, We're Back a Dinosaur's Tale? I it's the so. one where the yes. dinosaurs eat some brain cereal and become really smart. And they kind of become this attraction in New York. Okay. In it, there's this bit where the two main character kids uh, turn into monkeys because they sign a contract from Heart. the evil circus owner. Hot. And they're oh. given like brain drain cereal. <gasps> Oh my god, I love stuff like that. I love evil circus owners trapping their acts. There is a new show called like Creeped Out or something new. I mean, it's like maybe 10 years old now. But like, (laughs) that's like, there was something like that. There was like a circus that was trapping people. Well, lately on the whole BDSM angle of it, um, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about alternative dominant characters. Because obviously in the scene right now, it's very... I'm getting a little bit bored because I'm on this whole um, gentrification vibe at the moment Uh of fetish. That's why I was so fucking excited to see you being a clown at MRM and getting (laughs) other people involved. It was just so delightful. It made me so happy just to (laughs) see this new thing emerging and people freaking out about it. Yeah, some people... I heard um, that some people were like... But yeah, no, back to the finding alternative things. There are things like that where you have um, the circus owner and the strongman. Yes. I I think you've spoken to Dart before. I have, yeah. Oh, he's delightful. Yeah. And he's hot. (laughs) Just his idea of... Yeah, he really turned me on to that whole idea of being turned into the strong man. But um, then with the donkeys, you've got the donkey and the coachman. Yes, yep. Um, another one which I've been really horny for today specifically because I was flicking through an old bound and gag called Pledges and Paddles, which was all about uh, bondage and fraternity stuff. So it was that whole idea of um, I was imagining going to a event where there's just like a bunch of guys dressed as like total frat bros <laughs> who are determined to like make you the new pledge. I do like hazing stuff. Yeah, because that also goes into sort of my gangbang forced fantasies. Like, haha, you're the you're the pig, you're the thing, you're the you know. We're doing this to you. I mean, obviously, superhero, supervillain. There's mm-hmm. that dynamic, and Batman. I mean, hey, we we can't not talk about the Joker and Joker gas specifically. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that he was basically spreading this circusness into you and he was creepy like there is still that thing of like when when i talk about um stuff that affected people like sometimes there are things where a lot of people talk about like uh robin hood and that's just like furry stuff or bondage or um we talked about the 102 dalmatians cruella being baked into the cake scene and codename kids next door had uh like a forced regression they were like being turned into babies Uh there's all that kind of stuff but i'm really interested in the ones that are like they really struck a chord with me like they kind of traumatized me like goosebumps really fucked me up it i couldn't like i was so freaked out and eventually i found a lot of these episodes again and and rewatched them as an adult and i kind of reconciled that do you follow um 
recent rift on Twitter. No. He's massively into silicone masks, specifically because of that one Goosebumps episode with the evil mask. Oh, God. I mean, there's a Goosebumps about, like, the mascot costume as well that eats you. Oh, I want to talk about that, actually. Uh, not that episode, but uh-huh. there's this manga called uh-huh. Frankenfram. Okay. Like, Frankenstein. Yeah. And it's um absolute body horror. It's like, I, ha- I can't actually read most of the issues of it because it's so gory. And there's so much insect stuff involved. Ew. Insects freak me out. That's my limit. Insects. No. Gross. Um, but... There's so much transformation stuff in that. It's well worth you Googling into. On the mascot thing, though, there's this uh, issue where this girl who's kind of like a mad scientist, she's a Frankenstein character herself, and she is driven to kind of uh, just experiment with people and see what happens when she sticks stuff together. Ugh. You're horny already for it, I can tell. Um, <laughs> but she goes I'm to a theme park for a day. Yeah. And um, there's like some kind of gas which has been released on this theme park, which oh, is God. turning the people at the theme park into mascots. Scots, like they're turning literally into plush characters, but they're also like wanting to eat the humans. You know, horror, but uh, really interesting stuff. Well worth. There's something about it. Okay, like some of this stuff still like kind of makes me anxious, and like it's actually scary. But I think maybe this is where my whys got crossed as a kid, where it's like that sort of aroused, like fearful thing. Then became like because okay, so the puppet from Goosebumps that was fucking scary. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was I remember that episode just so clearly. It was just on in the background at someone's house when I was a kid. And it fucking traumatized me when he he like breathes gas onto the kid and the kid turns into a puppet as well. Like a ventriloquist dummy. Mm-hmm. And is like laughing along with the ventriloquist creepy dummy. dummies are freaky as fuck. So freaky, but there's something about it that now I really like the idea of being turned into a ventriloquist dummy. The creep factor. There was also one, fuck, the toy town. Oh my god. The miniature toy town that sucked people in. This girl gets sucked in and then while she's there, she gets turned into like a pig and they all go around being like, get the pig, kill the pig. And there was an episode of um, American Horror Story like that recently. Oh god, the so... Ugh. But then there was also uh, the toy... There was a few of the Toy Town one, and the one that really fucked me up was they get this kid and they strap him down, and they're like, "We're gonna turn you into plastic and make you one of the town." Yes! And they have this big ray gun, and it's this huge cartoony. Like it's so silly, but the kid is screaming and freaking out. I'm making a note, dude. Right I'll now. send it to you. It's so. It Boy, genuinely freaks me out. Like, seriously. And they're chanting, like, plastic, plastic. And they're like, what color plastic are we going to make you? And then the guy, like, really... This is so sadistic. Like, I can't believe this was, like, for kids. The guy's like, does that scare you? You're going to be plastic and miniature forever. And he's like, yes. He's like, good. And then he's like, oh, he's like, did I tell you this isn't going to hurt? He's like, no, good, because it does. <laughs> and the guy's like, ah, stop it. And like, so terrifying. And yet now it's, it's, there's something about it that was like, oh, okay, that was traumatizing. But then there's a little element of like the forced toyification, domination in a safe play scene that could be... No, it's definitely one of my biggest kinks at the moment, to be honest, just the idea of becoming a plaything, specifically for me, because I'm a highly creative person and actually finding doms who like interest me is really difficult because I'm always thinking of crazy little things Mm -hmm. and I really struggle to find people to keep up. Yeah, no, I feel that too sometimes. Or who are into the same level of theatrics. 
Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Theatrics like understands the vibe I'm going for. It's very hard to explain but to people. That's why I very much fetishize the whole idea of becoming a toy because it's kind of like it doesn't matter what I want. It doesn't matter what I yeah. say or think. I am now just a toy. They are in control. Yes, I can't do anything about it. I'm a it. nutcracker. I'm a marching soldier. Totally. And that's where I'm calling it today. Silver and I rambled for so long that I actually had to cut a lot of good stuff out. So let us know if you want to hear more from the two of us. I'm going to cap off with my yay for the day, which is that it's my birthday today. That's right, I am one step closer to the grave and looking forward to celebrating quietly in amongst all the Fetish Week chaos and numerous other birthdays that all seem to be in the same two weeks. You can follow Silver at SpacePupSilver on Twitter, and as always, you can follow me at T Stoter. Be sure to tune in next week to hear the rest of our conversation, but other than that, make good decisions and join us next week as we go under the big top. Hey there, horny listeners. We talk a lot about safety on this podcast, and that includes the importance of safe toys that are actually designed for sexual pleasure. Bunny Shop's carefully curated products are body safe and prioritize quality, aesthetics, and safety. Bunny Shop takes a boutique approach to shopping for adult toys, with a wide range from affordable gems to unique luxury items for all experience levels. What I like most about Bunny Shop is the approachability. They've created such a welcoming space, and none of it's dark, intimidating, or feels like it's gatekeeping. And if you like pink, they've got you covered. Bunny Shop also donates a percentage of all sales to a non-profit of your choice. Plus, they ship quickly and discreetly. Let go of your shyness and embrace your self-love journey with confidence. Save 20% off your order today when you use my code BIGTOP. Visit bunnyshop.com, that's B-U-N-N-Y-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. Spelt with two P's and an E at the end. Don't be shy, let your freak flag fly.